The subject of today's one-year potiversary episode is a device that is synonymous with the word torture. Being the most feared single object in pretty much all of Europe for three centuries and a mainstay of the infamous Tower of London, this device was used almost every single day, sometimes multiple times a day, on multiple victims for everything from attempted regicide, treason, heresy, and even just plain old interrogation. With as many variations as there were countries that used it, we'll go all the way back to ancient Greece and up to 18th century Russia to show you just how horrifying some wood, rope, and gears can be. From Protestant to Catholic, soldier to saint, no one was safe from what was once called the Duke of Exeter's daughter. Today, we cover the rack. I'm Kevin Young. And I'm Dan Hey You Behind the Bushes Hergan. <laughs> and this is Torture. Is that a Halloween reference? No, it's a uh, Simpsons reference. Mo, Mo is... Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even thinking of that. <laughs> you said, hey, they're behind the bushes, and I just thought Mike Myers hiding behind, you know, stalking Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. So before we get started, a quick call to action. For our one-year anniversary, we would absolutely love it if you go rate and review on Apple or Good Pods or wherever else you're able to. Uh, you know, we haven't gotten a whole bunch of reviews and ratings uh, over the past year. We'd really like to bump that up. It'd really help us get seen more because that's really what, you know, sites like that base what you hear off of is ratings and reviews it's not the greatest system but it's a system we have to work with so but if you go do that that'd be great happy birthday kevin happy birthday dan Ooh. happy anniversary take you actually got you some roses oh, yeah. to take you out to oh, dinner yeah. later oh yeah <laughs> to skip straight to dessert baby oh, yes. <laughs> sweet sweet torture dessert <laughs> Give me a poached pair of anguish. Nice. Nice. Yeah, that was, that was a pretty good segue. The, uh, <laughs> I, would, I would like to have dinner, so I'll have the rack. Of oh! Yeah. Oh, boom. Got it. Kapow! All right. <laughs> so I know a lot of you have wondered when we are finally going to cover this one. Um, but I think for a podcast about torture, the rack is kind of like low-hanging fruit. Obviously, we have to cover it at some point, but I didn't want to jump right into it off the bat. That's what I call uh, my so testicles. We waited a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like uh, if you had a podcast about cars, the very first one you want to talk about is like the Mustang or something. I mean, build up to something like that. Uh, 
doing, you know, having a guitar podcast or something. First thing you want to talk about is a fucking Fender. You, you build up to something like that. Cover the lesser known ones. Okay, to get people interested in it. And then, boom, you do the big the big series or the big episode on something. Which this will be. This will uh, be a heftier episode than the last one. Um, and we got a bunch of shit to get to. And a bunch of stories and info. So, you know. Sweet. Strap in. Buckle up. So to speak. Buckle up. So, Dan, let's take you back to your favorite place in the world, Medieval England. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime I say Medieval England, Dan perks up a little bit thinking, ooh, what horrible thing is going to happen today? Uh, so, specifically, 1557 or so. And you are a follower of Martin Luther and are a proclaimed Protestant. Never just speak for, those words again. <laughs> just, just, just hypothetically for the story. <laughs> Every time I type out something like that, I'm like, he is going to hate this. <laughs> Why do I hang around with this guy? <laughs> it. It's like whenever you and I do visit one another, I come to Ireland and we're just walking around and be like, anybody want to meet my Catholic friend? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he loves our Protestants. Loves them. <laughs> Just him throwing rocks at me, telling me to shut up. <laughs> so, unfortunately for you, being a proclaimed Protestant, this just so happens to be during the five-year reign of one of history's most infamous monsters, Queen Mary I, or Bloody Mary. Now, for those of you that don't know much about Queen Mary, she was a staunch Catholic that believed in returning England to the Catholic Church it was one of if not the most important issue facing the country at the time. And anyone that stood against her, well, they ended up where you are now, Dan. And where you are is the just as infamous Tower of London. <gasps> Ooh. Ooh. I have actually been there as well, so I can picture it now. Yeah? So, yeah. Do you, you get to take a tour? Do they have like all yeah. the stuff? I know there's like there's supposed to be like a museum or something. Yeah, so some there's shit. there's a tour that you can do, and they have like all like wax figures set up to in cells to mimic stuff happening. Some like, sure. like I think we talked yeah. about it during the rats episode, where uh -huh. yeah, and there's a guy does yoke like a rat sitting there. If I remember correctly, now um, I could be thinking of the wrong thing because I did a couple of tours when I was there. Where one of them was like another horror tour, and it was like you went through. Um, the whole thing was that it was like on a rail car thing that you sit on. Okay. Um, yeah. And it brings you through like streets and brings you through as if like you're somebody being tried, and then you end up being sent into the tower. Like, so you go through a trial, okay. and then you go into the tower or something. If I remember correctly, it was really cool. It's really good from what I remember, anyway. Yeah, it's one of the, it's one of the places on the bucket list to to hit up at some point. Um, when the wife and I have no kids in the house to worry about, and we can actually save a buck to go do something. Yeah. Anything. <laughs> Instead yeah. of having to entertain myself by making podcasts. <laughs> I have no money. What am I going to do for entertainment? I'll make a podcast. Like every other white <laughs> guy in his 30s. Spend <laughs> money on said podcast. Like, it's like, yeah, I was in the exact same boat, and it's like, what am I going to do? Yeah, do a D&D podcast. What am I going to do? Spend hundreds on D&D uh -huh. stuff. And then, yep. yeah. Yep. Although, how that turned out. <laughs> so, a man in robes with two underlings by his side bring you into a room with a variety 
of torture devices. But the most <laughs> ominous one that takes up the middle of the room is a type of wooden bed with gears and chains attached to the head and the foot. You are presented with the rack. You're presented you are with a guy from Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> I mean... What? I've had this, <laughs> I've had this discussion before, uh, and it's if the guy from Fifty Shades of Grey was poor and old and ugly, it would just be kidnapping and, and rape. It, it would just, it would just be, it would be a horror book, a horror movie. Um, but because he's young and good looking and rich, it's it's every woman's fantasy. I don't, I don't fucking get it. I'd just be expecting to be walking into that room and. Getting all excited and be all like, my tastes are very singular. It's like, yes! Very particular taste. <laughs> it's, uh, um, remember Bill Murray from Little Shop of Horrors, where Steve Martin's doing everything he can to torture him, and he's just like, thank you! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You just walk into the Tower of London, and you see all these torture devices, and you just start hopping <laughs> up and down. It's so happy. <laughs> Cracking out a couple of beers. Let me get a hit of, get this let, me get a, let me get a hit of that nitrous before we go at it. Oh fuck! So you are asked where more of your Protestant friends are. Where are their hideouts? Where do they meet? Uh, will you reject the teachings of Martin Luther and return to the Catholic Church? You know, uh, all that Never. Kind of shit. No, fuck it. Uh, you give them nothing, so they force you onto the rack. Your arms are tied to the sets of chains at the head of the wooden bed, and your ankles are tied to the chains at the foot. And they start to retch back on the gears, retracting the chains or rope, pulling your limbs tight. And you are asked the question again. And again, you say nothing. Anybody can hold off for, you know, a little bit, because it's like, oh, it's not going to be too painful. So the gears are turned some more, and you begin to feel tearing in your skin, on your wrists and ankles. Pressure builds at your joints, wrists, your elbows, shoulders, ankles, knees, hips. If you give in now and confess, whatever it is they want to know, they might let you go, even though you will probably have long-lasting damage to your body. As long as you revert back to Catholicism, you might, might be okay. Of course, depending on how important you are or seem to be to the Protestant movement, you could also be hanged and burned. So, you know, potato, potato. Just but, imagine the guy sitting there singing, head, shoulders, knees, and toes. <laughs> I imagine that's probably the song that the, the guy who's doing <laughs> Ling Chi was probably saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if you hold out and don't give them what they want to know, the gears get another turn or two, and this is when you all start to hear loud pops, the sound of your cartilage breaking and your limbs becoming dislocated from your body. Uh, this nice. would also be what, yeah, this would also be when they decide to start utilizing other torture techniques like cutting your body with knives, whipping and beating you, Sorry. pulling out your. Go I have a mental image of letting the guy off after that. He gets up and he's on like this. Walking <laughs> his arms all floppy. And he's like walking. He's, he's like, see you guys. <laughs> Thank you guys so yeah, much. Yeah. I had a great time. <laughs> I'm totally a Catholic now. It's all good. Jesus can say. Time to go. 
Time to go get my (laughs) rosary. (laughs) Fucking hell. Anyway, this is when they start to utilize other torture techniques. Cutting your body with knives, whipping and beating you, pulling out your finger and toenails, stabbing you with red-hot pokers and the such. Uh, You know, they didn't just leave it just the rack. They, They kind of went at you. Um, now, death wasn't the intended outcome of the rack. Torture, pain, forcing a confession, long-lasting damage, sure. But not death. Usually. Death came afterwards by use of hanging or being burned at the stake. But you definitely could die on the rack. So take English Jesuit lay brother Nicholas Owen. Now, by the time Owen was born, Queen Mary was dead, and the religious persecution did a complete 180. Now the Protestants were the ruling class, and the Catholics were the outlawed. Gross. Catholic, yeah, <laughs> Catholic, I mean, and it was, it was, you know, oh, who's ruling today? Oh, Queen Mary, oh, fuck, get the Protestants out of here. And, you know, now the, who's, <laughs> and the Monday yeah, you're tortured for being, a, for being a Protestant, on the Wednesday you're tortured for being a Catholic, like. <laughs> you're on the rack getting getting uh stretched become a catholic we'll never do it and then somebody just walks in and they're like oh, no nope mary's dead elizabeth's in charge get get up get up so he yeah, just yeah. switch seats yeah. <laughs> you put the torch you you <laughs> <switch seat. laughs> you're all floppy and you're like become a protestant i'll never do it ah! <laughs> oh fucking hell sounds like typical government though you know change the goalposts <laughs> all the time <laughs> So Catholic Mass becoming illegal in England in 1559 under Queen Elizabeth I, Owen was born and raised a Catholic and continued his religious practice for his entire life, dedicating his latter years to building priest holes. And actually, I actually have it in parentheses. Wait for Dan to stop snickering like a child. Yeah, I was going to say priest holes. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to make sure that it was, that was what you actually said before. Yeah, anybody who's watching will see the quizzical look appearance. Like, is that it's really like, what he just said? <laughs> Did I hear yeah. him right? So what they were were Jesus. hidey holes or areas specifically built for priests and say, other choir Catholics boys. to hide in. Yes, during raids or searches. <laughs> So, um, he was, he was apparently amazing at building these, these things. He could make, they were seamless. If you didn't know they were there, you would have no idea that they were there. And apparently most historians and, uh, you know, people who study this type of shit would say that there is, they're almost 100% certain that there is God knows how many, a multitude of these priest holes that even today, centuries later, still have not been found. So I said this too much because I, I run a lot of this shit by my wife as I'm, you know, writing out and, and researching. And I told her this, and this is how I knew that we were meant to be together. Um, I told her, like, there's a lot of these that probably haven't been found yet. And the first thing out of her mouth is, hmm. Wonder how many of those still have bodies in them. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "That's a good point." I was kind of thinking the same thing. God, I yeah. love you. <laughs> Some guy just goes into hide, just, yeah, and he's still yeah. he's still there. It's like, don't come out until we come get you. Okay, five hundred years so, later, <laughs> it's built so well he doesn't even know how to get out. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, let's say poor Catholic so, priest. What's your name? 
So in about 1606, he turns himself in. He, he was arrested a couple times and bailed out and all this. But finally, he goes and turns himself in in order to distract from some other priests that were hiding uh, nearby in a, a priest hole he had bit, built. Uh, he was soon sent to the Tower of London and was placed in the Top Cliff, Top Cliff Rack, named after Richard Topcliffe. Uh, priest hunter and chief enforcer of the penal laws against Catholics. You got a cat in there? He's digging, sorry, give me one second, my apologies. I was digging through a box that has a lot of packaging in it. Get out of it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had, also had this other thing, image there. When you can imagine them building these little priest holes and all it is. It's, just, it's actually just a cardboard box. In your <laughs> and it's just like... If I can't see them, they can't see me. Just painted like a bush saying nobody in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just the tunnel painted on a wall and the priest tries to run through it. Like Dude, don't don't open into a Catholic rule. <laughs> Everybody's to this day so, saying, No where these priest holes are. There's a box that's in here that says don't open a Catholic rule. Can't How do long that. has that box been here? Yeah. I don't know, 500, <laughs> 600 years? It smells kind of funny. <laughs> Schrodinger's priest. <laughs> oh, that's a good name for a band, I call it. <laughs> Schrodinger's priest. Schrodinger's <laughs> priest. <laughs> so, this particular kind of rack hung from a wall. Now... Uh, Owen hands, Owen's hands were placed in iron gauntlets, and his body would just hang down. Um, so years earlier, Owen suffered from a hernia. And since this is the 16th and early 17th century, once you had a hernia, you pretty much always had a hernia, <laughs> at least to some extent. It was just, you know, you could lift up your shirt and push it in, but that's about all you could do with it. Um so during the process of the stretching, the hernia happened to pop out. They Ouch. slashed at it? Yeah, they slashed at it, and Owens actually died while hanging from the rack because they slashed open his hernia. <laughs> Christ. Why? Like, mean, just just for the hell of it? Like, it's just like, hey! Yeah. <laughs> well, they're like, what is the candy come out? And they slash it, and like, no, that's poo. that's poop. It's like the chest buster scene from Alien, but the other way around. And yeah. that's like, <laughs> Get away! Uh, so there was also, as tales go, the an unnamed Catholic boy, possibly a teenager, that was placed on the rack and tortured. Um, now, while on the rack... They lit a fire underneath it to add to the obvious torment. But he was brutalized so badly that the, the fire was eventually extinguished by the blood dripping from his back. I what the... <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of fucking... That's about as metal as a fucking... Yeah, like it is. I, ext I extinguished the flames with the blood from my back. <laughs> that's a death clock song if i ever fucking heard it for those of you who have seen death clock or seen metalocalypse know what i'm talking about that's about as metal as it fucking gets imagine the the old fire safety officer and then for the castle coming in um like you got a <laughs> specter fire extinguishers here you know blood one's full it's all good 
Because apparently it's <laughs> really good. Let me see it. Yeah. Let me see the blood one. Oh, it's just that kid laying over yeah. there. <laughs> it's Fire Marshal Bill comes in. <laughs> so, and there's the story of Baron Skaw, uh, or Skanaw, however you fucking pronounce it, uh, in Bohemia. And he had been sentenced to be racked for the crime of heresy in the mid-16th century. And he was told if he didn't willingly offer up the names of his confederates, he would be racked until he decided to talk. Well, when the guards came to haul him into the torture chamber, they found that he had cut out his own tongue. How would that? Fuck you. That. Like, I, I, I have an issue with this thing on my finger here. How would I help people? Statue. <laughs> no. Like, what? It's obviously made our harder stuff. Like, uh... Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. Well, I mean, these people didn't have air conditioning or heat. They, you know, they wanted to stay warm. They had to light a fire. We just get to turn a knob. I mean, get, people back then were tougher than we are now. It's just so weird. Um, but apparently, it was quite a bit to help because he fell unconscious, probably from pain and blood loss. Um, and next to his unconscious body was a note. Quote: I did not. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> if you didn't do what I was going to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I did this extraordinary action because I would not, by any means or any tortures, be brought to accuse myself or others as I might, through the excruciating torment of the rack, be implied to utter falsehoods. All one sentence, like nine commas, just so you know. Um, he may have saved his friends, but since he could no longer talk, they simply racked him to death. Okay. So, you know, seems like you put yourself through a lot of shit for nothing. Uh, you could have yeah. just not talked with a tongue in your mouth, but whatever. Uh, how do you actually die from the rack? Well, limbs weren't just dislocated. Sometimes... They were completely ripped from the body. You turn those gears a, uh, enough times, and the skin's just going to break away. Uh, and by that time, the victim was probably never going to talk anyway, so they just leave you there to bleed out. Also, Wonderful. the rack could stretch not just the limbs, but also the torso itself, leading to massive organ damage and eventual death. Don't know what to do in putting organs on racks in the first place but yeah. <laughs> it's so they can play Phantom of the Opera yeah it's just, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's just sitting there in the middle of the tournament <laughs> or something <laughs> getting racked you just pull ah, can I get musical accompaniment yeah. <laughs> but I run butterfly <laughs> now why would one be racked or put to the question, as they often said, in the first place. Well, for many reasons. Um, because you were Catholic. Because you were Protestant. Because you might know someone that was Catholic and or Protestant. Uh, if you were found guilty of treason, arson, patricide, uh, they simply needed information from you and didn't you didn't want to give it up freely. Uh, if blasphemy. it was a Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yes. Uh, yeah. If they were bored. If the oh, yeah, of if course, you, yeah, if you were bored. <laughs> if you stubbed your toe and went fuck, uh, yeah, and so, uh, of course the <laughs> fucking idiots. So, hey Dave, you want to go play a game of football? Nah, I'm bored. Let's go get the rack. Let's go. Let's pick up little Timmy. 
stick them on there. Uh, and then, of course, there is the old standard, witchcraft. Oh, I was going to say, was it witches and or red-haired people and or <laughs> insert insert anything you want here? A red a red-haired left-handed witch. Uh, with green they, eyes. They would put you on five racks at the same time. There's this German woman by the name of Barbara Ruffin, or Ruffin, however you want to pronounce it. The Germans um, will tell us, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure, sure they have will. a listener in Germany that will <laughs> happily correct us on everything. They're very, very comical people. They... <laughs> We're n- us Germans are known for our comedy, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> The old Michael Myers SNL skit where he's in all black with the hair slicked back. Uh, Barb was arrested. I, okay, I'm going to say Barb like that. It's almost, <laughs> almost the, it's almost to the point where I can't handle it. If anybody, if any of you have listened to Letterkenny, you know why there's a character on Letterkenny on Hulu. Or um, uh, I can't remember what the name of the station is up in Canada where it's on. Um but he's named Coach, and he had a wife. She passed away from cancer, and he calls her Barb, and that's how he says her name. All the name Barb, so I can't say Barb without saying Barb. Um, but sounds it's like a, sounds like somebody from fucking Fargo. <laughs> kind of, well, I mean Canada Fargo, almost the same thing. It's cold. Yeah, yeah. it's the same. So Barb was arrested April 7th, 1611 in Elfwagen, Germany, on charges of desecrating the Eucharist. A cantankerous 70-year-old woman whose own husband even called her a witch uh, over the days of her incarceration. <laughs> We've and all been interro- there. <laughs> yeah, <and laughs> her interrogation, more and more of her neighbors came forward to insist that she was indeed a witch, including her own daughter-in-law, which is par for the course, I yeah. suppose, for a lot of us. Um, obviously, Barb refused, refuted these claims and refused to admit practicing witchcraft. But by the 12th of April, the torturers decided that the only way to get a confession was to use the old reliable, the rack. So the first day of torture, she was racked Twice das for rack. fifteen, for, <laughs> rock, uh, oh, for fifteen minutes at a time. Uh, by the end of the third day, she had been racked a total of seven times. That, in different contexts, would sound like an impressive number in other areas. <laughs> like <laughs> world record been set. <laughs> It's seven like, times record? 50 guys nine you know what just go do it get the record give me 10 give me 10 now by the end of the uh oh yeah i already said that part uh she finally confessed to being a witch and gave the name of several accomplices before being beheaded with a sword and her body burned now this would leave to the hunt for witches in and around elflagon that quickly spiraled out of control Ending the year with over a hundred men and women being murdered in 17 mass executions, another 150 the following year. Nice. So, yeah. So, because uh, one guy was obviously not happy with his wife and a daughter in law yeah. was being, 
you know, a dick. Uh, 250 people died because of it. <laughs> Again. For literally no reason. Again, easy, easy divorce right there. We've already learned about those. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Outlaw yourself. You just yeah. get divorced, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to kill 250 fucking people. <laughs> the Germans don't do anything by half, so do they? No, we they go the all in or nothing. All in or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you you don't like divorce? Wife, well, no, you get the luck. <laughs> You don't, don't like your I, wife? Don't, don't know why I turned Russian women at that. Kill 150 people. You yeah. don't like this? You don't like this uh, group of people? Genocide for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Germans just, we go at it. Uh, but you hear me mention in the story that the rack was used in Germany, which leads to our next question. Where all was the rack used? Well, pretty much all over Europe and a few countries outside of. Typically uh, many of these yeah. dungeons. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did ask where billion billionaire <laughs> billionaire playboys uh, sex dungeons and and the like. Uh, so many of these countries have their own variations. Uh, the, the standard English rack would be either a table or a bed made of wood with pulleys or gears on uh, top and bottom with chains or ropes attached. Uh, sometimes they were placed at an angle, usually about ninety degrees, and sometimes they were just hung from a wall. Then there was the French model, which was much like the English version with one painful difference. The French version had large spikes on the bed, sometimes rollers. So when you were placed on the bed, the spikes dug into and pierced your flesh. <clears throat> nice. Yeah, the wounds possibly getting stretched out as the gears were turned. And then you had... The Russian version, which was probably the most unique in there wasn't a table or a bed, but beams. A rope would be fed through a pulley that was attached to a beam uh, high up above. I was going to say, the French one was obviously called a low rack. <laughs> low uh, rack. And I guess in the Russian one was called the rack. Yeah, but it was but it was spelled with what Alan, T- Alan Tudyk said in Transformers. It was spelled with all the buttons you never use on a calculator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> the rope would be fed through a pulley that was attached to the beam high above. The rope would then be tied to the victim's wrists, and they would be hoisted up. Then the ankles would be tied together, and another beam would be placed in between the legs, and it would be anchored to the ground. You know, somehow they were able to. And then the rope threaded through the pulley would be pulled, stretching the victim. Now, this iteration of the rack had a very specific advantage over the English one as it opened the victim up to virtually any other type of punishment they could think of. Whippings, beatings, cuttings, and a favorite of the Russians, burning. Stabbed and branded with hot pokers. Uh, all over the body, burned with torches, that sort of thing. Now, they, they did the same thing on the English and French uh, kind, but something about you just hanging there in the middle of a room or out, even outside really opens you up to I don't know, pretty much anything they feel the need to do to you. Yeah, so, it's a main scenario of just a way of holding somebody like yeah. and being able to do whatever they want all in one yeah now they and they could pull the pulley and and set it up you know tie it to a donkey or whatever and really pull the fuck out of you if they felt like it while doing all this other stuff so <laughs> yeah sounds kinky <laughs> just, <laughs> tie it to a donkey and have the donkey you just get stretched going jackass yeah. 
Pull the fuck uh, out of me. <laughs> and Charles I authorized the use of the rack against Catholic priests in Ireland in 1627. Now, apparently it didn't last very long in Ireland. Um, that type of stuff, you know. It, it, it just it it was kind of the uh, the later end of how the rack was still being used in the area, but uh, they probably made it out of potatoes and they just they just ate it instead or something <laughs> stupid. The guy who was building it, yeah, the guy who was building it just kind of got drunk on pudding or some shit, and <laughs> it ended up making a couch instead, and that's how we became the inventors of the couch. They, they they built it out of potatoes, lit a fire under it, tried to torture the person, and everybody sitting in there going, oh, man, I could go for some fries. Yeah. I could yeah. go for some. <laughs> they all just stopped and had a snack. That's uh, why they got French was, fries, because they took the inspiration from Lil Rack. You see, that's what it was. Uh, there you go. It yeah. all comes around, always. Just one circle. full yep. circle. Circle of life. Elton John, all that good stuff. So it was even used in Spain and Portugal during the Inquisition. Tomás de Torquemada, the first Grand Inquisitor in Spain, was a huge fan of the rack. So this kind of leads me to the uh, like story. Men. Yeah, most <laughs> men, most men are, are are fans of the rack, not fans of being racked though, which is what we used to call it when we were kids. If you got hit in the nuts, oh, oh you right. rack, oh yeah, you yeah. rack me in the nuts. So. <laughs> Which might be worse than the rack itself. I don't know. We're men. We're all babies. Um, so this all leads me to a story that answers the question I imagine many of us that take an interest in this time period and subject matter. What happens if I just immediately recant my confession or conversion? So during the height of the Spanish Inquisition in the 16th century, a Portuguese woman named Maria de Canseco was arrested on charges of heresy and sent to the torture chamber where she was racked. To avoid having her arms and legs ripped out of their sockets, Senor Canseco immediately confessed. But as soon as she was released from the rack, she, refu she refuted her confession. So on a second turn on the rack brought an identical response. Uh, got on the rack. Pulled it a little bit. She's like, okay, I'll tell you what you want to know. And then they take her off the rack. And it's, yeah, all that stuff I said, yeah, was, that was just bullshit. Um, so this was actually a familiar pattern. Confess anything to make the pain stop and then recant when released. In her case, Conseco was both clever enough and brave enough to tell her tormentors, as soon as I am released from the rack, I shall deny whatever was extorted from me by pain. Uh, Maria was far more lucky than the tens of thousands of other victims of the Spanish Inquisition. She was publicly flogged and sentenced to ten years in exile, but the courage of her conviction saved her from being burned at the stake. So I guess between the two, getting flogged and exiled for ten years, a lot better than, you know, dying. Yeah, I kind of rather that, yeah, like exiled to where like you just can't be in your local town. <laughs> Yeah. Where am I getting exiled to? This island in the in the tropics. Oh, so like paradise? You're gonna exile me to no, paradise? Ireland. Just into Ireland. Oh well. Well, I don't know. Well, actually, I don't know, which country was this in again? Portugal. Oh no, that's all right. Okay, so chances are, being honest, they actually probably would have sent them to North Africa if they had sent them off somewhere. 
There's another way to Spain, all the way to Gibraltar, and all of a sudden they use it to ship people over who were like prisoners and shit to North Africa. I'm assuming that okay. they would have done the same thing over there because I know rush. England did it to Australia, which is even bloody longer. But this whole thing, like, is from Gibraltar, as far as I remember, they sent people to Africa. Okay. Used as a passageway, I think. But anyway. imagine getting getting exiled to Australia, not knowing anything about it, and they just drop you off. And they're like, "Don't we have any guards? No, nobody's going to keep an eye on us. <laughs> no, everything here is going to try to kill you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good luck. Just you just kick them and push them off the boat. Good luck. See like, you in yeah, ten we're years. Free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to exile you to the worst place possible, Camden, New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say Canada. Not New Jersey. Dan, I have a confession to make. I have... Crabs. Beard dandruff. It's close. <gasps> so much worse. I know. Look away, I'm hideous. All serious. All All serious. All serious. All serious. Be serious now. No funny. No funny. <laughs> Frankenstein. No fire. Bad. Ah. In all seriousness, many of us men with facial hair have some sort of dry skin under their you know, face fur. I I have particularly dry skin, uh, especially on my face, around my nose, my eyes, ears. That beard and mustache, they draw a ton of moisture from your skin in order to stay healthy leaving the skin underneath sometimes dry, itchy, red, flaky, leading to uh, the beard dandruff. And I struggled with it for quite a while. Struggled to, you know, rein it in. Then I found thebeardstruggle.com. They use all natural products, never tested on animals, that your face, body, and beard will love. They have day oils to protect your beard from UV rays and dirt and grime, and it keeps your skin from drying out. All the troubles the day can bring. And they have night oils to help moisturize and rejuvenate your skin and beard while you sleep. Not to mention, as of right now, they have eight different fragrances. <laughs> according to Kevin, according to this. That's what they tell me. That's what they tell yeah. me. <laughs> do you want to know what they are? I do. I want you to. Ready? I want you to pronounce them perfectly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here we go. Ready? Okay. Yeah. From Alfheim's Forest which has the scent of woodsy leather and spices to Heonir's <laughs> scents of greenery, amber and musk to Valhalla's gates with essences of citrus, amber, sandalwood and vanilla. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right now, yes, right now I'm using the Aesir's Triumph, which I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, which has the scent of sweet incense, tobacco, whiskey, and cinnamon, and my wife absolutely loves it. Of course, I haven't gotten one from them they haven't loved, that she hasn't loved. So, And if you can't choose, just get the sample pack, which comes with six of their mainstay scents and five milliliter bottles of nighttime elixir, so you can decide what is best for you. But they have so much more than just oils, balms, wax, shampoo, conditioner, butters, cologne, natural deodorant, skincare products, heated beard straighteners, combs, brushes, shaving kits, growth kits, merch, 
list goes on and on and on. No matter what kind, length, or style of facial hair you have, the Beard Struggle has the products you need. You get a free gift for purchases over $50, and you get another free gift for purchases over $100, and all orders over $65 US get free shipping. You have a 90-day money-back guarantee, so you really have nothing to lose. And be sure to use our exclusive coupon code TORTURE19 at checkout to get 19% off your entire order. That's T-O-R-T-U-R-E-19 at checkout for 19% off your entire order. TORTURE19 at checkout or click on the link in the show notes. TheBeardStruggle.com. Do what's right for your beard. Do what's right for your face. Um, now, for those of you that know, are probably screaming at your phone or radio or computer, what about the Porto? Well, I'm not going to get into the Porto because it wasn't really a rack. Uh, it's going to get its own episode in the future, either on its own or when we do an episode about Tomas de Torquemada. Um, just because it's made out of wooden ropes doesn't technically mean it's a rack. Uh, it, it... Apply that logic anywhere. Thank you. <laughs> I was... You're just in a store, like, what is this? Wooden ropes? <gasps> a rack. Yeah, next time I see a rope ladder, you know, the, <laughs> be like, like, the one you get for like a tree house or whatever, be like, oh my god, yeah. it comes with a free rack. <laughs> be careful around that thing. The Catholics might come and stretch you out. <laughs> <laughs> or Protestants, depends on the day of the week. Or the Protestant, depends <sighs> on who's in charge at the time. Uh, well, so the poor, I, I had it in here and I was looking and the more I looked at it, the more I thought, God, that's really, that's almost too different. And if you look up Porto on the internet, uh, the city will come up and the rack will come up, but it just, it felt like it was such a unique thing on its own. The variation that was used during the Spanish Inquisition, Inquisition, that it was almost a, uh, a crime to have it in here and we should cover it on its own, especially when we cover Torquemada at some point. Yeah, I've just looked um, up some pictures so of that's it why it's not it looks different enough that... Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think it's different enough that we can do our own, uh, do its own episode, or again, with Torquemada, because that's really what it was used was with, with him. Um, anyway, <clears throat> so when this did this diabolical device of human degradation come into existence. Well, the rack that we all know of today was introduced in 1420 by a one John Holland, the second Duke of Exeter and constable of the Tower of London. Now, the Duke infamously liked to use the rack on women, giving the device for a time the nickname the Duke of Exeter's Daughter. But with this statement, which I found on a few pieces of research material, there is a bit of confusion because it is said that he liked to use it on women. And we've talked before about how they kept very concise records on torture and the victims at this time. But the only recorded use of the rack on a woman at the tower was the Protestant saint Anne Askew which takes place a century after Holland introduced it. Uh, Which means, you know, one of two things, really. He either didn't use it on women at all, and it was just propaganda, or he used it on women, and for some reason they didn't keep a record of it. 
I I I don't Oof. understand because I I I couldn't take the two ideas and put them together and come up with anything that made any sense. Gonna say, like, this well, this is Anne Askew before she was on the rack. Yeah. And this is Anne Askew after she's on the rack. You're not too far off. You get it? You get it? <laughs> yes. Sorry. She's a, she's slightly askew. Yeah. But you also had her stretched out, which is good. I didn't mean um, to do that. That was a happy accident. so uh i i put the two together i I, it didn't make a whole lot of sense like well they kept records about people so if he did use it on women those would be recorded uh unless for some reason he was doing it outside the tower of london like at his home you know for some type of erotic for some type of erotic novel that most (laughs) of us can't stand or movie uh with dakota johnson i don't know but (laughs) um yeah, the, so those two ideas don't really mesh together, but I got to go with what I presented. Um, so apparently Anna Skew was the only woman recorded in the Tower of London to be uh, stretched on the rack. So let's talk about Anne for just a minute. I bet you the Queen jumped on at the odd time because I bet you she had a bit of a, you know. Again, all I could think of is Morticia Adams. You're like, yeah. ooh, reminds me of our honeymoon. <laughs> So Anna Skew was born in 1521 in, and you've given me shit about how I say these before. <laughs> the the gonna, pronunciations. Uh, Here we go. I was going to call, because it's, it's spelled Lincolnshire, but I know now that it's more like Lincolnshire. Yeah, right? Lincolnshire. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, Shire yeah. is which, Shire, so, though, so which is, I know it's kind of. Yeah. Well, no, for, for Americans, we, for some reason, we see the word Shire and we want to say Shire, probably because of like Lord of That's the That's where Rings it came from, though. Like, it like used, used to be Shire. Yeah. Like, and they're, they're still known as Shires in that sense. Like, you know I mean, like, they yeah. would still be known as a Shire, but it's kind of like, um, probably in the same way, like, let's say Liverpool. Yeah, the main, the main building it is the Liver building, but it's Liverpool. Okay. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, I, you know, yeah, it's. Yeah, I don't, it, it it's, it's weird. Um, See, but, I have one here now. I wonder if you'd be able to pronounce it. Why? Uh, yeah, no, Lexter. I'm <laughs> yeah. sure it's way off. No, I, I don't blame you on this. And I like it. It's Lester. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, okay. Like, okay take yeah, away I, the, you, take no, away you, the. Yeah, you showed me that one. Take you away the me that one second, third, fourth letter. That's basically. <laughs> Take out all those letters and change them to something yeah. different, and you have French. Uh, I, mean, it, it, I was actually thinking about it because you were going on about England. I was like, oh, gosh, we should look up to, we should do a thing where we get a load of names of places and throw them out and be like, hey, are you Hold on, see, can you pronounce it? That'll be a, that'll be a, uh, another Patreon show that we do along with the difference between Irish and American food is, can Kevin pronounce it? I should look up the oldest, the uh, longest um, name of a town. In I've seen that. It's Please don't, because I won't make an ass of Hilarious. <laughs> I, I can't do it. It's so goddamn funny. Even the Welsh thing, it's stupid. I think the people in the town are the only people that can actually pronounce that fucking word. Yeah, I've uh, not. Well, an awful lot of Welsh people would. I don't know. It's after opening up, actually. And actually, has a thing, a sign underneath it. That tells you how to pronounce it. Tells you how to pronounce it. Yeah, and you still, yeah. but but it's Welsh, so you can't. Yeah. Most people can't get their mouths to make those noises, so you still Clan pronounce Vila it wrong. Queen Gilgo Ger Uquin 
drop ul landes i kilo kogogak supercalifragilisticexpialidocious um, but anyway uh for some reason when americans see the word shire they say shire but we have a state here called new hampshire which Ooh. has shire at the end of it so uh anytime you just see a, the, the the shire at the end of a word it's pronounced sure it, it, you just think of new hampshire so it's yeah. lincolnshire Anyway, she was born 1521 in Lincolnshire into a wealthy family, the daughter of William Askew, a rich landowner, and was well-educated, and when she was very young, and became a Protestant during the reign of Henry VIII. A dangerous time to be a Protestant. She read the Bible eagerly and memorized parts of it. At the age of 15, she was arranged to marry landowner Thomas Kim, a Catholic, she was eventually thrown out of her home because of her religion and ended up moving to London and meeting up with other Protestants. She started Bible study and became a preacher, which was very taboo at the time for a woman to preach to men uh, about the gospel. Now, after a couple Preaching of arrests, <laughs> after a couple of her arrests and releases, and even an es- another escape from her husband, she was finally arrested in May 1546 and taken to the Tower of London. Now, they tried to get her to give up the names of like-minded women, but she would not, so she was put on the rack and stretched. Now, it is recorded that the stretching got so bad that the constable at the time had to walk out in disgust. And when you get the constable of the Tower of London to go, I'm out, and leave the room. You're doing some funky shit. She walked out of there and became the star player of London's basketball team. <laughs> Stunning. I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I, don't know. I don't know about the London basketball I don't think anybody does, unless you live in London. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if you live in London, you still don't know about the London basketball team. <laughs> So all of her limbs were dislocated and the cartilage and ligaments in her joints were torn to shreds. She never talked, so good on her. Um, But the next month, still unable to walk or use her hands properly, she was found guilty of heresy and sentenced to burn. But because she was racked so viciously, she had to be carried to her execution. She couldn't She's walk. Just lazy. They had to. That's they had to put was. her. <laughs> just... They had to. They had to put her in a chair and carry her. It's like, oh, every time we pick her up, she just goes limp. Yeah, Ling Chi dude put sitting there on the side of the crowd, kind of like <laughs> so disappointed in her. Writing in, using his own blood yeah. to write on the wall. Get over it. Book <laughs> <laughs> the fuck up. <laughs> At least you still have your legs, kind of. They're technically attached. <laughs> flippity floppy oh, yeah. <laughs> but just because the Duke of Exeter was the first to bring it to the Tower of London doesn't mean that that's where we first see the rack or at least a version of it for that we have to go all the way back to the age of antiquity and we aren't 100% sure which country it exactly showed up in first but some of the earliest examples are from Greece it was used on slaves and non-Greeks. And then, in 356 BC, a young Greek named Herostrus, 
decided to burn down the Temple of Artemis in the city of Ephesus, one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. He was found guilty and tortured to death on the wreck. Now, before he died, he gave his motive for the arson, as he wanted his name to live on forever. So the Greeks made it illegal to say his name. Fuck you, Greeks. We're doing that shit right here, right now. He got his wish. Immortalized forever on this podcast. You're welcome. You got some, like, 2,300-year-old Greek just like, oh, fucking gonna get him. <laughs> he's he's gonna be I'm the first give person a... to leave us a review on Apple. Oh, he's stuff. gonna leave a one-star one <laughs> review. <laughs> Was not a fan, said bad words, laughed a couple times. Uh, now, this, the, this whole ban on his name lasted for a couple hundred years before a storyteller decided to say fuck it and started using his name to tell the story of the burning of the Temple of Artemis. Now, this is where the term herostratic criminal comes from, which is someone who breaks the law for notoriety. Like, why did you do it? Just so people will say my name. Um, You know. Uh, Alexander the Great had the men that conspired to assassinate him tortured on the rack in 328 B.C. Uh, 65 A.D., Nero used the rack to interrogate a woman named Epicarus to find conspirators who wanted to kill the emperor. She, just like Anna Skew, was unable to move after her first day on the rack and had to be carried back to the rack the next day, but she ended up strangling herself with a cord on the chair they carried her on. So they're like, you ready? You good? Stubborn. You're in the chair. Woman. That's about it. Don't move. Don't fall out. They pick her up by the time they get there. <laughs> but um, my like, legs ah, are too floppy. Fu- my legs are too floppy. Can't keep she's up. fucking dead. <laughs> she can't even use her arms. How's she doing? I don't know. She used her teeth or something. She's fucking dead. St. <sighs> Vincent of Saragossa was stretched on the rack in 304 AD while his flesh was torn away with iron hooks. Ouch. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I suppose they did. I know with iron. I, I don't know why I thought with hot iron, but you know it's just straight of iron hooks. That's yeah. Um, if they're hot, then okay. But you know, at least they cauter- on, cauterize yeah. it. You know, but yeah, the, it it just it, it's it, just like that thing. It was yeah. Saw movie was it? Because again, we only watched them there a while ago. So, oh, there's one of them where a guy has big hooks uh, or all oh, the ones where he's got to put it in. true, and he has to no, no. What it is is he's hooked okay, up okay. and he's in a room and he's chained, hanging out of him, and he has hoops coming like through his hand and mm-hmm. he has some in his neck um, and he has some on the oh. back he has some at his Achilles his Achilles tendon yeah. I think that was the second one he like <laughs> he, he gets all the ho- he gets the hooks out and he goes stand up to leave and you realize that there's one in his, in his tendon and it's just or like something. off yeah, yeah you're yeah, fucked yeah, yeah you're fucked you're never getting you're never getting out of there that's the he same did, one the worst thing is he the... broke the ones in his tendon though it was the worst thing it was like one in his arm that he couldn't get or in his side or something before he died yeah, yeah um, that's horrible. That's the same one with the. Uh, is it, isn't that the girl has her head attached to something and it ends up rip scalping her or some shit like I that? So. I remember. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that was the second one, but uh, uh, I think it's the third one. Anyway, sure. Look, that's yeah, it's a possibility. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so horrible. Now let's jump all the way up to 1307. King Philip the Fourth of France had thousands of Knights Templar rounded up and put to the rack, along with being beaten and starved on charges of heresy most of them eventually confessed and they were put to death 
And then, wouldn't you guess it, the Crown confiscated all their land and property. As, as we discussed before. Catholics. Yeah, Knights Templar. What do you think this is? Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then we jump... <laughs> And then we jump up to 1606 to quite possibly the most famous rack victim of all. Remember, remember the 5th of November. Guy Fox, British soldier and best known participant in the gunpowder plot. Now, its object was to blow up the palace at Westminster during the state opening of Parliament while James I and his chief ministers met within uh, in reprisal for increasing oppression of Roman Catholics in England. So let's take a quick look at Guy and the gunpowder plot. So most of us know his, him as the uh, anonymous mask man, uh, V for Vendetta. Ego um, weaving. Yes. Uh, Natalie Portman having God her head it. shaved. He could, if as long as he keeps talking to me, he can put me in a rack anytime he goes. <laughs> as long as he only speaks in V's. <laughs> so Guy Fox was born 1570 in York. Uh, this is old York, not New York. That's different. Is it uh, Yorkshire? Father, Yorkshire. It's just York. I know how to pronounce that one. <laughs> it's actually pronounced York. <laughs> You're pronouncing um actually york. it's york <laughs> it's, it's york uh that was way that was more jersey york yeah uh his father edward was a prominent protestant in the city but died when guy was just eight years old so his mother remarried but this time she married a catholic in the 1570s and 80s york was the center of catholic resistance you never go now, about that never <laughs> You know what you don't want to work? Because you go yeah. full Catholic. Yeah. You never go full Catholic. <laughs> uh, about that time, uh, Fox uh, Fox found himself... Con- <clears throat> I got to re-get my bearings. I'm sorry. About the, time that- <laughs> about the time that Fox himself converted, he would have been aware of a particularly brutal example of the religious suppression. In 1586... Margaret Clithrow was publicly executed for protecting priests in her home. Now, if you don't know who Margaret Clithrow is, or you know the name but can't remember who she is, I would urge you to go listen to our crushing episode to find out all about Margaret. Caution, she it's doesn't like graphic. <laughs> she, that's a different... Oh, yeah, no, yes, no. No, yeah, wait. No doors, just... A lot of stones, if I remember right. She was the one who had like eight hundred pounds just thrown on her, and yeah, yeah, she, yeah, she's the one that just went smushy, smush. Well, I, smushy thought she had a, I thought she had a door involved. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I, that was months ago. I don't know. Go listen to the episode and, then and tell you, us. You tell us. <laughs> yeah. Tell us what the fuck we were talking about, please. Uh, but that also brings in the whole um, priest hidey holes that uh owens made so you know again full circle oh yeah uh now as an adult fox inherited fox inherited property in york but on his 21st birthday he sold his estate and enlisted in the catholic spanish army and he spent the next 10 years fighting for spain against the dutch and spent some time in italy where he chose the moniker guido fox 
for the ladies. Guido. Guido. Yeah, he, he changed his name while he was in Italy to Guido <laughs> because he thought it attracted more women. Fair enough. Okay. I guess. Um, Guido shot he became... first. No, he did not. No, he didn't. Han shot first because he was kind of a dick. I don't know. I'd like to actually rewatch it because it's all stills and the thing is, like, I think in the original one, he actually didn't shoot first, Han didn't. And then in the latest, latest, latest version, he's clearly shooting first. But then in See, I th- the I thought later it was the one, they way. shot at the exact same time or some shit. I don't know. So I thought it was the opposite. Episode. I thought I thought in the original he shot first and then they remade it to where Greedo shoots first because they didn't want Han coming off as any kind of bad guy. But it could literally be either or. I don't know. You tell us. In the original version of the scene, Han shoots him dead. Later versions are edited to that um, Greedo attempts to fire at Han. There we go. So he okay. never even got shot off. I don't think in the original or some shit. I don't know. I'll read through it in a while and we'll find out because this is being put to bed tonight, people. <laughs> now, he becomes a commander of a unit of soldiers and an expert in explosives. He also gained a reputation for his technical expertise. And on behalf of some of the English Catholics, he discussed with the uh, with the Spanish an invasion of England. He actually even talks to the Spanish king about, hey, why don't we go invade England? Um, now, in Madrid in 1604, Fox <clears throat> meets up with a friend from school named Kit Wright, and they joined a group of conspirators. Guy heads back to England, and in May 1604, Guy Fox, Robert Ketsby, Tom Wintour, Jack Wright, who was Kit's brother, and Thomas Percy met at the Duck and Drake Inn in London, where Ketsby proposed a plan to blow up the House of Parliament with gunpowder. Afterwards, all five men purportedly swore an oath of secrecy upon a prayer book. Eight other conspirators would later join to what would become known as the Gunpowder Plot. Later that month, Percy Percy rents a house next to the House of Lords, and it was decided that Fox would pretend to be Percy's servant and live there, and he adopted the false identity of, and this is just the most creative thing in the world, John Johnson. No. <laughs> Who are you, Steve? Steve what? St- Steve, Steve, in thing, thing, Shire? Oh, good God, that was just really, yeah. <laughs> Steve Stevenson? Uh, <laughs> John Johnson. Or it's like, um, that, that Family Guy episode where he's trying to get into rehab with Brian because he gets free food, and they're like, what's your name? He's like, uh, uh and he sees somebody's plate, and it's got a P on it. P, uh, they see somebody <laughs> crying, he's like, tear and then a griffin flies through griffin peter griffin god damn it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so john johnson was closely involved in the business of digging a tunnel under the house of lords and procuring gunpowder now apparently and this makes pretty much no sense but i guess they were able to rent the cellar under the house of lords how, How do you do that shit? Like, like, can I run a storage unit under the Capitol building? Like, like, does hey. the White House does yeah. the White House have like those uh, rent to own shit underneath that you could just store shit? I mean, that's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. It's like, guys, guys, you know how we want to blow up this building? You can rent 
<laughs> space underneath it. He said that's where Trump put all of his uh, secret documentation there. You see, yes, this new store thing underneath. <laughs> There's just U-Haul trucks yeah. parked underneath the White House, filled with documents. <laughs> you know, technically, right. yeah. that's a property. Yeah. I would declassify them, but I'm not, you know, president anymore. Um, <laughs> So, I, I don't know. Apparently, they were able to rent a storage facility underneath the House of Lords. Seems too easy, like they were asking for it. Yeah. Now, anyway, uh, Fox started loading up gunpowder under the House of Lords and covering them in piles of sticks and coal. Now, the plan was Fox would light a fuse on November 5th. Remember, remember, the 5th of November, uh, 1605. During the opening of a new session of Parliament, James I, his eldest son, the House of Lords, and the House of Commons will all be blown sky high. In the meantime, as Fox escapes by boat across the River Thames, his fellow conspirators would start an uprising in the English Midlands, kidnap James's daughter Elizabeth, install her as a puppet queen, and eventually marry her off to a Catholic, thereby restoring the Catholic monarchy. It's it's very... It's like, we're just gonna, you know, just a bunch of guys, we're gonna kidnap somebody and make them queen. That's, yeah, that's, that's how it works. How it, that's how it yeah. fucking works. Hey, wanna be queen? Okay. <laughs> it's like she's all that. It's just some lady walking down the street, glasses, hair up, be like, take the glasses off and pull her hair out and she's, her hair goes down and ah, now she's a queen. It's Pygmalion is what it is. Now on October 26th, an anonymous letter advising a Catholic sympathizer to avoid the state opening of parliament alerted the authorities to the existence of a plot. To this day, no one knows for sure who wrote the letter. Some historians have even suggested that it was fabricated and the authorities already knew of the gunpowder plot, only letting it progress as an excuse to further crack down on Catholicism, which makes a lot more sense when you think about it. Be like, can we rent a storage unit under the House of Lords? And they're all like, uh, sure. <laughs> How saying, do yeah. we do that? Walking yeah. We yeah, don't have say, any idea. about leasing some property underneath this this building when um the 5th of november <laughs> you, you mean when this bit yeah yeah when, when yeah. yeah when oh. when when literally everybody in charge is supposed yeah. to be mm -hmm. here yeah what are you gonna store under there just some sticks and coal Ooh, piles and piles of barrels sticks of stuff and coal sure yeah why not nothing sketchy going on here would make more sense uh, that they actually knew what was going on and just kind of let them get to a certain extent before they shut it down to show just how dangerous Catholicism would be. But either way, a search potty, a search potty, a potty. Uh, <laughs> my Boston came back out. Got a potty hot. <laughs> so a search party found Fox skulking in this cellar around midnight, November 4th into the 5th with matches in his pocket and 36 barrels of gunpowder stacked next to him. Uh, he was taken to the Tower of London and tortured upon the special order of King James. When asked by one of the interrogators what he was doing in possession of so, many, so much gunpowder, Fox answered, answered that his intention was, quote, to blow you Scotch beggars back to your native mountains. So at least, you know, 
It's like, fuck off. Yeah, you caught you caught me, and I would have done it again too. <laughs> I'd have gotten away with it if it weren't for your fucking scotch. <laughs> um, the torture would start off as light at first, meaning they used manacles, which is pretty much just handcuffs um, hanging from a wall. Then would become more severe, and of course, ending with the wreck. Fox endured three full days of being wrecked over and over again until he finally gave up his fellow conspirators. Um, he passed out before he could sign his name to confession. Didn't matter in the end. How horrible would that be? You go through all this work to get this guy to confess. It's like, all right, just sign your name. Sign your name. And he passes out. It's like, fuck, we got to start over. Just special order in his face. <laughs> waterboard him, waterboard him. No, you killed him. God damn it. We were so close. We got nothing. <laughs> Got nothing. Paperwork just out the window. All this fucking red tape. But again, yeah, yeah, okay. But it doesn't matter. Uh, all but four of the conspirators were arrested and taken to execution. And the four that weren't died in an age-old medieval shootout with English troops. <laughs> <laughs> Which, what were they fucking using to shoot at each other in 1606? I was gonna say, Blunderbusses? Like the, yeah, like it, that's yeah. I can say it'd be the most boring gunfight ever. Like <laughs> <laughs> just, just horse and carriage going through the streets of London, and they gotta go. Around. Like the scene in Heat. Remember the shoot yeah. on the streets in Heat, like that, but yeah. like fifteen thousand times longer because like the sound you have to be on the horse and carriage. Like, <laughs> just going around in circles around London, a shot like every two minutes. <laughs> The like, major shit out in the middle of London today. <laughs> Take him out. You got the shot. Take him out. Give me 41 seconds. And he's got to <laughs> yeah. fucking pump it. It's either that or bows and arrows. I mean, I don't know what else you could. What, what else? Really you much would, of a shootout, is it? It would be. But you, every time they're shooting at the police, they're all like, pew. <laughs> pew. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they all died. So. Ah, okay. <laughs> they probably died of exhaustion from running so much. <laughs> yeah, at the end of it, they're just they're just laying on the ground, like just fucking do it. I can't load up another musket. <laughs> see, they use all their the... they use all their gunpowder underneath Parliament, you see, so they couldn't reload anymore. <laughs> Did idiots. you bring any of that gunpowder? No, it's all underneath <laughs> the House of Lords. What do you mean? It's sent to a guy. <laughs> all right, pick up rocks and start throwing them. <laughs> Just, I can't. It would have made John Wick a lot less interesting. That's all I'm saying. Why? If he had a had a flintlock, he had a fucking blunderbuss and yeah. stuff. You know. Yeah, that cool yeah. like scene and like I think it's in the second one, like in a nightclub or something like that. Or it might be the first one. I'm not sure. Maybe second. I don't know. But anyway, he's walking through and it's just one of those cool, badass, fast reload. You know, quintessential yeah. John Wick moments. I can imagine if yeah, if he had like a fucking flintlock pistol. Going through there, and it's just like, boom. and everybody else is just in the middle of doing it. Everybody's going really fast. Like, oh. The only thing that I think with John Wick that would work better with like a flintlock or a blunderbuss or something is uh, he has this compulsion to when he's out of bullets to just throw, throw the gun. Yeah, throw the bullets, yeah. <laughs> I imagine a blunderbuss flying at you would probably do a lot more damage than just like a Glock. There sure wasn't the, things... uh, and them built to be used as a club or something as well. I'm sure it probably was. But, but since he, John Wick. 
<laughs> but since he always throws a gun away after he's done with it, I just imagine like that scene in the last movie where they're on the streets of France, just flintlocks, literally, literally everywhere because he just keeps throwing them. I still haven't watched the latest one. You still haven't watched no, it? No, I won't. No. I won't say anymore. I won't say anymore. Um, but I my God, to, I need to sort my own fucking life out in that regard. You like, do. Um, you really do. Before, you need to put that shirt yeah, on. I think then... it's. I think I, I uh, can rent it. Or some Should shit. be able to rent it on TV. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's still it. really yeah. expensive to rent though at the moment. So. Oh really? Yeah. yeah see, I wasn't over here, um, but you need to put that sort your fucking life out shirt on and go stand in a mirror for a while. Yeah. I did it that earlier on today, actually, and then because I wanted to see that I match my trousers, and I didn't, so I didn't wear it. So I put this <laughs> Fair enough. I never look and see what matches. I just put on whatever I have next to me and go. I don't give a shit. I thought you were married. I am. Um, she doesn't it's care. Severely judged. No, uh, she yeah. doesn't care. As long as she looks good, that's all. She doesn't care what I fucking wear. She she couldn't care less what I wear, uh, which is nice. That's um, good. Anyway, but I won't talk. I won't talk anymore about John Wick. It's amazing. You'll love it. New characters that you're going to fall in love with. It's fucking great. Watch it as soon as you can. Sweet. Um, anyway, uh, the final sentence for Fox was to be, was well, he was to be hanged, then drawn and quartered. But during the hanging, um, so literally they just put a rope around your neck, hoisted you up, and you strangled to death. Uh, and when they did this, they would also castrate you disembowel you and remove your heart all while you're technically still alive so instead of going through all that fox had one final fuck you to the king and once they had the rope around his neck he, he ran and himself. jumped <laughs> he's like watch this motherfucker <laughs> Uh, he ran and jumped off the scaffold, snapping his own neck and sparing himself from the subsequent pain to come. I mean, you're going to die anyway. You might as well just fucking well, go out. Terms. Yeah. yeah, no shit. Uh, he was drawn and quartered and his, the, you know, his arms and legs uh, were sent to the quote unquote four corners of the empire. And his head was placed on a spike at the Tower of London and all that shit. But he so was already so he joined him. old William. Yeah, William Wallace. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, in 1708, Britain formally outlawed the practice of torture as a part of the Treason Act. What is perhaps the most surprising thing is that the punishment itself wasn't officially outlawed in a worldwide scale until the United Nations held a convention against torture and other cruel, inhuman, or degradating treatment or punishment. In 1984. So nice. technically, for all you Gen Xers and elder millennials, as myself, the use of the rack wasn't technically against the law worldwide. Uh, it, it, you could still technically be tortured on the rack in our lifetime. I'm going to, so just was for a bit of a reference here, I'm going to look up songs that were released in 1984. Yeah. I was right. born in 83, so, so for the first um, year of my life, I could have been tortured to death on the rack. While Madonna was singing like a virgin, you could be tortured legally on a rack. But weren't they the same thing? Yeah. Um, 
Let me I see. Didn't that, Madonna, I'm sorry. <laughs> your old stuff was good. Your new stuff, not so much. But your old stuff was good. I'll give you that. While Van Halen were singing about how they were hot for teacher, you could be done on the rack. Mm-hmm. Um, Footloose. Footloose. Which, if you were on the rack, you might have been. Yep. That's true. Remember that scene where Kevin's all against the wall like that? That was symbolism for the rack. <laughs> Pretty much. And yeah. then there, here's one, a two, two more. Uh, Blue Jean from David Bowie. Blue Jean. Mm-hmm. And then my personal favorite, uh, Big Bottoms by This Is Final Tap. There you uh, go. Yeah. So Turn it up to 11. There's a few. Uh, and... You look at Star Wars. Star Wars, when it first came out, they were still killing people with the guillotine in France. So oh, technically, yeah. you could be tortured on the rack and then had your head chopped off in the guillotine after you saw Star Wars in the movie theater. Nice. That's the first one. Yeah. All right. I guess you're going to say you never got to find out that Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's father. Spoiler How alert! Would have, how horrible would that have been? Yeah, but it would have been worse if you were in the middle of watching it and they told you before the scene came up, and then they put your ass on Gatine It's just, It's just Luke hanging from that fucking thing, and Vader's standing there. He's like, you killed my father! And he's like, no. And then you die. <laughs> you go, no, and then pause it. <laughs> like, you're ready and to go? It's just, like, it's just like, you're just in, you know, purgatory or whatever. Like, what the fuck happened? And they send you to hell, and they're like, we never tell you what happens. <laughs> you get to watch, hell. Your hell is you get to watch the movie up to that you, point. <laughs> and then it stops you, the restart. You, you watch Empire over and over, but it always stops at that point. But they manage to find edit the happens. Ewoks in. Emails from a different movie. Uh, it's <laughs> it just nothing jumps, but Ewoks. It, it jumps straight from that scene right after Vader says no, and all of a sudden you're on Endor. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, what is happening? Oh, fuck. All right, everybody. That's all I got um, for the rack. I know there was a lot of stories. Um, you know, uh, Dan, do you have any pop culture? Because I kept mentioning uh, the Adams family. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a buttload of movies. As I discovered a while back, if you go onto IMDb, if you want to look for movies, uh-huh. particular things in it, you can look for keywords for it. And I'm going to, oh, I have a few of them open to the side, but there's something I had here as a list thing. Sorry, I'm trying to get open on my phone. Yeah, um, I, I came across some of the worst jokes I've ever heard earlier. Um, so. <laughs> To give you one one I thought was cool is apparently it's in an episode of Inspector Gadget. Um when he's the whole thing is he's at a like a day spa trying to chill out and somebody basically decides to fuck up his day and it's one of those things where as far as I remember he's completely unaware that this is happening so he's put through a rack and he thinks it's like a spa treatment or something, you know, stuff like that. Um, <laughs> well because his arms stretch. Yeah, anyway. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it wouldn't be much of a Um there's um Where's this gone here? Uh, an episode of I Spy called A Room with a Rack. So, uh, but uh, just tons of things. Like it's in The Tudors. The Borgias has a thing to the rack in it. Uh-huh. More poignant one is there is a movie that was released in 1962 called The Tower of London. And it has one of the greatest old school horror actors of all time. Can you guess who that is? Uh, no. Well, no, Mr. Vincent Price. Um, and then uh, there's another Tower of London as well. So we kind of keep them with the same theme here. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there are sadly no examples of um, members of well, singers of rock bands wearing Iron Man suits yet. But what we do have is quite possibly the single greatest slash worst example of something ever, as far as I'm concerned, which is sure. 1989's rated R, one hour and 29 minutes of complete and utter bullshit, Dolph Lundgren's The Punisher. <laughs> um, it is worth a watch, just because of how fucking bad it is. Um, it is... It's Dolph Lundgren bad. Like, like I loved him in Universal Soldier only because he didn't really say too much. And, you know, he gets yeah, he was, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. But um, like he has a TV show that we watched where called like The Tower or something that's meant to be like, oh, it's meant to be just kind of pissed as if like these contestants come in, like you or I could sign up for it and he meant to pass all these tests. It's meant to be like an action movie where he meant to try to get to the, the penthouse at the top to get to the big bad guy who is... Dolph Lundgren, Dolph right? Lundgren. And, he has, and, he has, and he has a suitcase full of cash type thing that you win or something and like they go through all these different things that you go through in action movies all these different trope things you have to do right and when you get at the top you have to you end up in a shootout a shootout with Dolph Lundgren which is but two of you sitting at a table right? and you have this fucking screen up right? with a thing on top of it a little like a cardboard thing and you have a little plastic gun to shoot you know those kind of rubber darts that (laughs) (laughs) they should just shoot those off (laughs) and if you and whenever anybody was eliminated from it they bring him up right (laughs) they bring him up to Dolph up in his penthouse and they bring him over he brings him over to the window and it's like they get thrown out the window (laughs) but it's actually only about two foot and there's a pad right there (laughs) you can actually see people's feet (laughs) it is Looking for it. I was looking up a text and I found out the exact name. But it is so funny. And actually, I'm going to tell you what the name of it is right now because I have Dolph Lundgren open here in the Punisher. But um, I mean, you you bring that type of thing to the insurance company, and be like, no, we're we're going to shoot each other at the end of it. Yeah, well, no, not with real guns. Okay, we'll use we'll use real guns, but blanks. No, too much stuff could happen. Okay, um, plastic guns with little rubber darts. Sure, why don't we go with that? Oh God, it's just then we so... throw them out a window. So bad. No. God only knows how old this is, but anyway, I keep going on while I'm looking for this. If I need to, I'll send it on to you. It's just, it's such a, it's so fucking funny. Like, um, but anyway, another couple of little tiny ones then as well. Like, yeah, Diablo's family was already brought up. And then to also keep in spirit or what we had. Oh, spirit, actually. The spirit was in the spirit. Remember the spirit? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, remember so. the spirit. Yeah. And uh, Alexander the Great. Other than that, like, it, it, it throws up. It's one of those ones where you see it. I've seen it in cartoons and other things that I can't find because there's hundreds of references for it. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it come like you see it in cartoons. I think it's always the go-to thing when you have um, an awful lot of shows or whatever like that, spoof things, especially when it's like cut scene yeah. of people in, in a dungeon. Usually somebody's in a rack. Yeah, I mean, mm. and that, that latest um, movie that came out from Broken Lizards, uh, quasi, which is just horrible. You know, you expect Uh-oh. good things from the people who gave you Super Troopers, but the movie is just—it's not good. But it based around Quasimodo, and he created the rack, and he's teaching people how to use it. And you know, that—that's another thing I thought. But it, it, it's just—it's it's not a very good movie. Um, 
you know, back to that Dolph Lundgren thing, I would imagine that somebody would get up to the penthouse and he's there and he's like, you feel like an action star? And they're like, yeah. All right, you want to be the next Sylvester Stallone? They're like, yeah. And he just punches him and puts him in the hospital for three days. <laughs> the worst thing is, like, he, keep, <laughs> he keeps making stupid, like, um, action movie references and not even ones that he's been in. Like, you know, like, it, it, it's just, it's, <laughs> it's like, it's like he, he fucking kicks somebody out a window where he's, uh, I'll be back kind of thing and stuff like that. He's like, he's just like, get to the chopper. Yeah. It's like, that you, you wouldn't be going to do chopper. Why it's, would you, it's not a tumor. That's, you, not, you it's are, not a tumor. That's the wrong person. You are not Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> my cookies. Who's up to eat my cookies? <laughs> um, Take the tower, it's called. It is. Oh, okay. So... Somebody funny. runs in. Stop or my mom will shoot. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, all right. Well, okay, that's all so we got. Uh, finally covered the big bad of torture of the torture world. I think it was worth the wait. That was. Um, my little word of no, wisdom like, for you today, Kevin, is uh, never sneeze in a spacesuit. <laughs> in case you're ever. <laughs> Yep. You can't get get the mask. I mean, if you're inside, I suppose. But yeah, if you're out in space, don't sneeze in it. It's actually a really funny thing here. Now. <laughs> Speaking of that, so we're we're big Formula One fans here in the house, uh-huh. and we we're watching a race there that was on last week. And one of the drivers is like, "Oh, it's uh, raining down in whatever turn eight or whatever," and they're like, "Oh, we don't see anything in the radar." Blah blah blah. Next thing, just other people are calling in saying, "Oh, is your is there rain down there? And everybody's like, no, no, it's fine. And the man's like, yeah, there's rain coming down. And like, there's no rain, blah, blah, blah. And eventually he realizes it's sweat inside his helmet. That's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's stupid. Oh, fuck. I have a little... All uh, right. I'll give you one of these crappy jokes, will I? Because I have to say one of them because I wrote it down purely to say it to you because I knew whether you'd like it, really. Because it's so bad. Just okay, well, uh, let, let's uh, let's end the show with it. All right, so uh, hold off for, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold off for just a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold off for as long as you want. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait six months <laughs> for this. Tell me your horrible joke. All right, like we said before, this is our one year anniversary, and I'd like to take a second to thank some people. First off, Dan, thank you for doing this weird fucking thing with me. It's been a blast. I've, I've, I've enjoyed fun. every fucking second. I quit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That would be my fucking luck. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm officially retiring. <laughs> Going out on top, yeah. even though we're not on top. Yeah. Um, all of the other podcasts out there uh, that have shown us support, uh, pods that have played our promos on their shows and ones that we've played on here, I'm 100% convinced that a decent number of our regular listeners have found us because of those other shows. And hopefully some of our listeners, some of their listeners came from listening to us. So... The Private Dicks Podcast, World's True Crime, Crime Divers Podcast, the Mount Rushmore Podcast, Tea Time Crimes, Crime Scenes and Cupcakes, True Crime B&B, uh, Eye for an Eye, Horror House, The Nick of Crime, Cola City Crimes. That's not good, a true crime podcast, if you can see a theme going here. Uh, Dark Tales from the Road, Cryptic Soup, Crime Bay, and of course our good friends Deb from The Dying to Be Found and The Dash. And, of course, Joey and Jimmy from Please Don't Follow Me Home. Dan. Thank you all. Wrote a wonderful song. (laughs) And it wasn't the rap song. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> thank uh, all of you wonder, wonderful people, and of course to uh, the listeners, especially to our Patreon members, Inquisitor Willow, Quinn Fowler, Executioner Shragamani, and our Torture Noob, MX Sinister 26. Uh, thank you so much. If you'd like your name to be shouted out on the show and to get a bunch of extras, go sign up for our Patreon, patreon.com slash torturepod. We have four tiers to choose from now, and if you're on the fence about whether or not to get a subscription, you can sign up for a free seven-day trial of our cult leader tier. Please go follow us on Instagram, all the other social medias, at torturepod. Email us, torturepod.gmail.com. Is there anything you would like for us to cover? Or if you have any comments, um, review Apple, follow, subscribe, wherever, whatever service you listen on. Head over to our YouTube page. Uh, we got some stuff up on there. If you'd like to donate, you can do that on our link tree. You can go to buymeacoffee.com slash torturepod and donate there. Or again, you can always go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash torturepod. Buy some merch, redbobble.com slash people slash torturepod. Yes, the shirt. Um, We have a bunch of stuff over there. I'm trying to come up with new stuff. If if any of our listeners have any art they would like to put on a shirt or a hat, send it over to me. I'd be more than happy to throw it up there and make a dollar off of your hard work. Uh, So our next episode will officially be our season two premiere. So we'll be covering something that I have been asked about. Uh, You all seem to like the old bloody gory methods and oh boy, are you going to get it. So hint for our next episode You'll probably never see this in a Thor movie. So, Thor movie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, Dan. Anything you what do you want to end us with today? Yeah. Um. I apologize in advance. <laughs> um. I read this and I thought this has to be shared because you know. So, Kevin, tell me, uh, why why was Harry Potter crap at flying his broom? Because he couldn't drive stick. Oh, God. It's so bad. Jesus, it's fucking. I know. I know. I like the one. um... He got sick here. It's like, this has to be shared with Kevin. Do you know how to find the gym at Hogwarts? You just look for the dumbbell doors. Ooh. But, dude, my wife loves that fucking joke, by the way. I told her that and she burst out laughing. You know what's better than Harry Potter? Star Wars. <laughs> As he looks directly into the camera. It's so creepy. Just say. Star Wars. Right. You know what's better than oh, Star Wars? Alien. Yeah. All right, I told you all it was going to be a little bit longer one. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. And we'll see you. Oh, feeders ain't. That's German for toodaloo. <laughs> 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 it was the bar to the. <laughs>